0: Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buker. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buker. Rick Buker. This is On the Ball on the United WeCast Network and I am Rick Buker. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio and you can read me on the Fox Sports app and at foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buker. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. The play in which LeBron James claimed the NBA all-time scoring record from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar could not have been more emblematic of who he is now versus the LeBron that first entered the league. The mid-range step-back jumper that he hit nothing but net with is not even a shot he had in his arsenal three years ago. Now it's one of the shots he appears most comfortable and confident in taking. Lakers center Thomas Bryant, you might have noticed, had position under the grim, basically his defender pinned on his back when LeBron took the shot. LeBron never even considered passing him the ball when at any point in the last... Uh, I don't know, certainly the first 15 years of LeBron's career, getting the ball to Bryant would have been his first consideration, and maybe his only one. I promised a second podcast episode this week, and yes, I am just squeaking in under the wire, but I'm going the extra mile to get this in, so I don't want any complaints. This is me making good on that promise. The challenge I have is that I don't think I can crank out three. Well, I know I can't at this point. Crank out three podcasts. So I'm going to hit LeBron's historic achievement in this one and then tackle the impact of the moves at the trade deadline next. I'd like to get to those sooner, but I will get to them. Uh, That's the Lakers retooling, the Nets fire sailing, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and the massive migration of talent to the Western Conference at the trade deadline. But first, I have to address LeBron's achievement this past week and how it captured everything that makes him such a polarizing figure and why I struggle with how he is portrayed, either by my fellow media members or fans and social media, wherever. Wherever let me start by saying that I don't often agree with my friend Charles Barkley, but I thought he may have captured what LeBron is better than anyone. After LeBron broke the record, or maybe it was as he was approaching the record, Charles said, LeBron is the greatest basketball story ever. Not the greatest basketball player ever, but the greatest basketball story. And I love that description because it honors what lebron has accomplished how far he has come from what we know was an incredibly humble and challenged beginning and that should by all means be celebrated and respected how could you not and so that description honors how he has carried himself in spite of what no doubt he saw or at the very least what he didn't see by not having role models in his life early on it allows us to appreciate everything that he's done on and off the court without having to call him a genius or a saint or any of the other over-the-top labels he's been given despite a decent amount of evidence that he's not which is perfectly okay because let's face it none of us are perfect true geniuses are incredibly rare True saints are even rarer. It's why I really don't like criticizing or critiquing LeBron or even being viewed as doing that. You're going to have to trust me on that. I don't. But ask the question about him or confronted by someone or something that alleges he's something that I know that he's not or gives him a place in basketball history that I know he has not earned, I feel obligated to tell you what I know and why. Which then comes off as me tearing him down. I have no interest in doing that. That's not my intention at all. And I wouldn't if he weren't falsely built up. I don't see it as tearing him down as much as right-sizing what he's accomplished. Which brings us to this idea that being the all-time scoring leader is the latest proof that he's the greatest player to ever play. Something that he himself is not afraid to say that he is. And he was not afraid to say it even before he broke the scoring title. The lack of awareness, the self-absorption required to say something like that by anyone is breathtaking. This is not Muhammad Ali proclaiming, I'm the greatest. Ali was as much showman as he was boxer. And whenever he talked about himself in superlatives, he did it with a twinkle in his eye and in the most entertaining of ways. He floated like a butterfly and he stung like a bee. And some of what he was saying was psychological warfare with the man that he was going to step into the ring against. It was one-on-one. LeBron James saying that, he's not saying that for the benefit of getting a psychological advantage of who he's competing against. Because who he's competing against doesn't play anymore. He doesn't have the opportunity to do that. There's no way for them to have battle. Ali would stick out his chest and he'd shout into the microphone and he'd mock his opponent. But he did it in a way that let us know he was performing. That's not LeBron. LeBron is not joking around when he says it. I had someone send me clips of Michael Jordan and LeBron James spliced together and it had Jordan saying that he would never call himself the greatest while it had James declaring himself as the greatest. And the sender tagged it as this is the difference between the two which I wholeheartedly agree. Where I think the sender and I differ is that he thought it was proof of James' greatness or of him being greater than Jordan, and I see it as the opposite. It's the tell that James doesn't really understand what being the greatest really entails, and so how could he possibly achieve it? Because being the greatest is convincing everyone and anyone who has ever seen you perform that you are the greatest player they've ever seen. LeBron has a catalog of games and nights where he didn't even look like he believed he believed he was the greatest player on the floor that night jordan never ever left you with that impression or at least he never left me with it jordan didn't answer it the way that he did because he lacked confidence i mean if you're asking who has more confidence jordan or lebron that ain't that ain't even a fight and I get the sense that the sender believes LeBron's statement is proof he has more confidence than Jordan. It wasn't clear, to be honest, what the sender the point he was trying to make. I inferred that he was suggesting that LeBron was more confident, why he was greater, etc. Uh, if, if if indeed that's what he was extrapolating from those two clips, then he doesn't know anything about either gentleman because there's a a catalog of LeBron's crises in confidence as well. So I'll leave it at this. Being the greatest is not something the person determines by him or herself. Anybody who strives to be the greatest has to have the belief that they are from the very beginning, or at least that they can be. But that is merely the fuel or a necessary ingredient to pursue it. For LeBron James to say, yeah, I think, I've, I think I'm the greatest. At the very least, he would have to say, I think I've proved I'm the greatest. And again, what he thinks, what Jordan thinks, what any participant in a particular thing thinks does not define who they are. Jordan understood that. LeBron apparently does not. The latest example of LeBron not understanding what it means to be the greatest actually came the night that he broke the record. Because being the greatest means your work is never done. There's never an achievement or a goal that settles it because there's always somebody out there that you're trying to prove to you're the greatest. Being the greatest is a hill that someone climbs the entire time they're competing. LeBron broke the record, the all-time scoring record, past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, with 11 seconds left in the third quarter of a game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, the basket cutting the Thunder's lead to five going into the final period. And LeBron took his usual rest to start the period after an extended celebration of him breaking the record. He then came back into the game with 8.40 left to play and the Lakers trailing by 7. Now, while he was out there, the Thunder would expand it to as many as 13. But showing their youth in the final minutes, they got tentative and their offense sputtered. LeBron scored his only basket of the period and his only points after breaking the record on a transition layup. Weaving his way all the way to the basket, even though the Thunder were, were already back on defense. That bucket caught the lead, cut the lead to 11. Russ Westbrook then started attacking the rim like a madman, scoring on consecutive layups. Russ clearly wasn't conceding the game. That cut the lead to seven again with 50 seconds left. Then there was a steal by Troy Brown, led to another drive by Westbrook. He didn't make the bucket, but he was fouled. He went to the line. He made one of two. The lead was now six with 37.7 seconds left, and you could feel the Thunder's nervousness. They were shaky. This game was very much in the balance, still in reach for the Lakers. And that's when LeBron James subbed out, replaced by Dennis Schroeder. James sat down and he fiddled with his shoe and a report said it was the shoe on the foot that had been bothering him. And, but I, I could not believe it. This was a game that the Lakers needed and they were within striking distance. And of all nights, to have the man sit down after breaking the record, after playing eight minutes and three seconds in the fourth quarter when he needed to pull, when his team needed to try to pull out a win against a team that they are competing with to make the play-in tournament, the Thunder being 11th in the West and the Lakers currently 13th. The man had played eight minutes in the fourth quarter, eight minutes and 40 seconds in the fourth quarter and a team-high 34 minutes overall. And he sat down. He was done with 37.7 seconds left. Could not play another second. All that hoopla, all that celebration, the long break after he hit the shot so that the moment could be realized and his family could be brought on the floor and he could be celebrated and he could not eke out 37 more seconds in an attempt to win the game. And I'm supposed to acknowledge him as the greatest. Now, Knowing what LeBron must have gone through as a kid, the emotional and psychological trauma he surely experienced, the fact that he has evolved into the person and the player and competitor that he is deserves all the applause in the world. In that context, what he has done is truly amazing. In that context, an argument can be made that LeBron has come further than Jordan because he started from a more difficult place. Both men have built empires above and beyond basketball, but that LeBron did it having never spent a day in college is truly amazing. I would argue he has demanded more attention for it, for doing it, than other athletes who have done similar things. Magic Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, David Robinson. But again, I can chalk that up to his childhood the need to be loved and appreciated but what he did against the thunder was the height of selfishness so i don't want to hear about what a leader he is or or certainly how selfless he is or how much he thinks about his teammates how much he cares about his teammates he got his record he played a little bit longer And then he was okay going home. Now, I was talking about the things that he's done off the court that, again, deserve to be recognized, admired, appreciated, applauded. And my guess is a lot of basketball fans are under the impression that no one has ever done all the things that LeBron has done off the court. Build a school, take a social stand, create a production company. And none of that is true. LeBron has simply made sure, through his influence on the league's broadcast partners, That everyone in the world thinks he's the only one doing those things. Because the other people doing those things aren't looking for attention. They're not looking for validation in doing those things. And why would he need to do that? To have that? When all these other phenomenal athletes have not. What we're seeing, I believe, is... That hole that he has is a bottomless pit. If you come up, if you grow up feeling unloved, the answer is not convincing the world to love you. It's coming to understand that you are loved unconditionally by your creator, by your friends, by your family. And maybe even more important, learning to love unconditionally because let's say you don't have any unconditional love from any of those things and you don't have a connection or a belief in your creator many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Then learning to love unconditionally allows you to know that it is possible. If I can't love unconditionally, how can I trust that it's possible, that it's possible that I could receive that? It's also understanding that unconditional love is truly rare and that most people, most people love us conditionally and we're okay with that. If we give them something or we agree with them, then they're going to love us. That's not love worth getting stressed over if it comes or it goes because it's not worth a whole lot and we don't have control over it. what I sense is that LeBron does not have that or does not feel he has that he thinks that if he tells us he's the greatest or makes a case for being the greatest or shows that he's a good person a nice person he will be loved that's not why we should be good people. The crowd response to his speech the night after breaking the record is proof of what I'm talking about. The greatest cheer or loudest reaction came when he mentioned Kobe Bryant's name. People cheered LeBron, but it was polite. It wasn't passionate. The subliminal message seemed to be, congratulations LeBron, we're happy for you. But we paid thousands of dollars for these tickets, thinking this might be the night you break the record against Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks, no less. And instead, we're getting a speech from you about how you never cheated the game. And 24 hours ago, you sat down with 37 seconds left and the outcome's still in the balance. And some of us will never forget your performance in the 2011 NBA Finals, where you certainly did not go down swinging. You froze. And again, I can forgive that. I can forgive all of that. It was part of his process. In fact, I can congratulate him for overcoming all of that to become what he is. That he became an eventual champion is a testament to his perseverance and his resilience. That should be lauded. And I'm happy to. I'm happy to applaud that. But he's had far too many moments like that along the way for me to think of him when I think of the greatest. I saw him figure it out. And you know how he did that? By changing teams and teammates. And that's not how Jordan did it. He didn't get there right away. But he didn't demand different players and a different coach or go to a different organization. And no, the Bulls were not a championship organization before he arrived and no, Phil Jackson was not a championship coach. There was nothing championship about the Bulls when Michael got there and when they started to put it together. But he stuck with what he had and he figured it out. He put it on himself to figure it out. The Miami Heat were already champions. When LeBron got there, Pat Riley had already been a championship coach, already been a championship player. Dwayne Wade had already been a champion. Jordan kept going at it and literally had to be knocked down to stop him until he found a way from getting knocked down. I also thought how the celebration, or rather, who celebrated, with LeBron when he broke the all-time scoring record was telling as well. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was on hand and the two embraced, but LeBron point-blank said a while ago they don't have a relationship. He resents Kareem. Why? Because Kareem has indicated that he does not love LeBron. LeBron took exception to Kareem critiquing some of the things that he has done off the court. And I wouldn't say that Kareem doesn't love LeBron. Kareem doesn't love some of the things that LeBron has done and has pointedly said that. And LeBron takes exception to that. If you don't love me, you're out. Their exchange after the record felt forced or obligatory. And for comparison, Steph Curry's embrace with Ray Allen was far different. Certainly no animosity ever existed between the two. Just incredible mutual respect and that whole celebration was different lebron's teammates were obviously happy for him but jay-z was the one of the first people he hugged and his conversations leading up to breaking the record were with his sons and again i have no problem with any of that it speaks to the relationships that are most important to lebron His teammates don't really know him. They're all brand new. They're relatively brand new. This is even before the trade. Now he's got newer ones. It's the price paid for moving around as much as he has and demanding that the Lakers re overhaul the roster as many times as they have. He's known Jay-Z longer than any of his current teammates, so why wouldn't he share the moment with him? Again, have no problem with that. But we have to acknowledge there's a price that comes with that. It's, It's not the same. There's, I mean, everything has a price, right? I've seen a lot of people criticize the rest of the Lakers because they weren't particularly energized to beat the Thunder that night and ultimately lost. Well, why should they be? LeBron made the night all about him and the scoring record he's talking to his sons when should i break it this you think his focus was on winning the game in fact he said it himself after he broke the the record now it's winning time fourth quarter against the oklahoma city thunder we're going to wait till the fourth quarter saying this lakers team's not good enough to do that shouldn't that have been incorporated if not for lebron for the rest of the team this is where our focus needs to be The rest of the team did everything they could to get him the ball as if to say, okay, man, go do your thing. But when your supposed leader is that overt overt about an individual pursuit, it's not going to inspire or motivate everybody else. All those players have egos. Think about your workplace. Someone is gunning for a personal achievement. Now, if you love that person, if you've been through the wars, and if they, more important, have done things for you, they've been the ones in support of someone else doing that, then by all means, we're going to go after it for them. But if you've never been in that case, if you've never been in that position, if that person has never done anything for anybody else, and now they're gunning for something, and you're supposed to fall in line and support them, yeah, you will. You'll be be a decent teammate, but you're not going to be excited about it. People in the media and certain fans may idolize LeBron, but I can assure you his teammates do not. They might respect him as they do all professional basketball players, and they may respect that he's more talented and more highly compensated and more famous and more accomplished. But especially, especially at this stage, they're not in awe of him. Why should they be? And that goes for the guys coming into the league, Jaden Ivey. Guys are coming into the league who idolized him growing up. They can't wait to play against him. They're not afraid. Guys were afraid to play Michael. Always, always, always afraid. And why should they be afraid of LeBron? He can't even guarantee that he can lead a team, his team to the playoffs anymore. Much less a title. And You saw it as much from the Thunder. They all congratulated him afterward, but there was no emotion or excitement. It wasn't hugs. It was mostly handshakes. It was perfunctory. You might not have even known LeBron had set the all-time scoring record if all you watched were those exchanges. It baffles me that the broadcasters of the game or anyone else would blame the surrounding Lakers for a lack of effort while LeBron went and got 38 points. LeBron wasn't doing anything to engage them. As I said, he was talking to his sons. Was he trying to rally the team? What part of this is not obvious? Anthony Davis explained his disinterest in LeBron's record-setting shot not as a slight toward LeBron, but simply a reflection of his frustration that they were losing. AD's head was in the right place. It was on trying to win the game, which they were not doing, not on LeBron breaking the record now i was told he was also upset because he didn't get touches early on which would not be the first time that has happened to him in a game with the lakers but if there was ever a game where he might expect that to happen he should have expected it to be this one and maybe it was simply i expected it to happen but i didn't expect it to happen at the expense of us trying to win the game unless well maybe he was under the impression That LeBron was just going to let the game come to him. That his focus was going to be on winning the game first and setting the record second. Now, I will tell you that AD does not have the type of personality where he would challenge anyone or hold anyone accountable. So it's hardly a surprise that he would say he thought LeBron's record chase distracted the team from the task at hand. He would never say that. And most players vast majority of players would never say that they generally don't tell on each other but the Lakers didn't have to because the way they performed told us what they thought about LeBron chasing the record what is a surprise is that no one not a beat writer nor the broadcasters even suggested that the record and how LeBron went after it was a distraction Think about it. Think about where their record is. Think about where their season is. Think about what LeBron has done most of this entire season. It's score. That's where the focus has been. His numbers have been great. The team continues to lose. At some point, you have to look at that. If you're the best player on the team, if you're one of the top players in the league, and say, I need to do something different in order for us to win. Unless that's not what you care about the most. And once he broke it, he sure as hell wasn't as aggressive as he had been through the first three quarters in trying to score. He took all of two shots in eight minutes in the fourth quarter. But that's why I'm here, I guess, to point up what no one else will. Not because I don't like LeBron, but because I'm willing to have you think I don't like LeBron in order to speak what I believe is the truth because it does a disservice to all the great players who have set records but didn't do it at the expense of their teams. I don't I it always amuses me when I see that people think that I'm busting on LeBron or I'm trying to set the record straight on LeBron because I want attention or I want clickbait. You know the kind of attention I get for that? It's generally not positive. So that ain't it. (laughs) That's not why I do it. I feel it's my duty because I've had the great privilege of covering this league and covering sports in general as a profession which means i get to dedicate my the the vast majority of my time to watching and studying and researching and talking to the people who play these games and it's my responsibility to all those who have played it and all those who watch it to speak the truth to share what i know based on what i've seen and heard and read and been told so this is as much for all the great players who have gone before LeBron and who are going to come after him and putting everybody in the right context based on having seen what they've done it should be noted that Curry broke the three-point record in a win on the road a win that pushed their record to 23 and 5 So clearly, his pursuit of the record did not get in the way of the team's success. And I would argue that LeBron's very much has. They are in the hole that they are in, not in spite of LeBron chasing the record, but because of it. And so now we'll see if LeBron turns his attention to dragging the Lakers into the playoffs, if that's where he puts all of his energy if he tries to reshape his game to fit what the Lakers need most in order to win they're going to need that they're going to need him fully engaged and committed to that if they are going to make the playoffs they reworked their roster for the fourth time since he's been a Laker to give him that chance there's nobody else on that team that's as capable of pulling them them together. He has the experience and I believe he still has the talent. The question is, does he have the desire and does he have the will? All right. That does it for this episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And as I noted at the top, I will be diving into either the Warriors and where they are, the reset by the Brooklyn Nets, sending Kyrie and KD to the West, the Phoenix Suns rising, what it all means. Somewhere in all of that, I'm going to hit one of those. We'll see where we are when I get back in front of the microphone. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening.